Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Businesses Influencer Marketing Podcast with your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Danielle Liss. Each week, we will help you unlock the secrets of influencer marketing through interviews with leading professionals, and tips and tricks to help you scale your business. Sit back, grab a coffee, and let's talk all things influencer marketing. Hey, this is Jamie. And this is Danielle. And welcome to the Businesses Influencer Marketing Podcast, episode 29. Today we are talking all things stress. That sounds sounds scary. (laughs) (laughs) It shouldn't be. We have an awesome guest on today who is an expert in all things managing stress. Her name is Shulamit Berleftov, and I am extremely excited to talk to her about her framework for recognizing and managing stress. I'm taking notes. I'm just going to throw it out there. You, You don't. You're never stressed, right? No, I am like the calmest, most laid back person you'll ever meet. <laughs> Me too. This is going to get along so well. <laughs> How do you manage stress? Do you manage stress? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I have gotten better about managing stress in the past couple of years since we've had our business. I have taken up meditation, which I swear makes such a massive difference when it comes to like real stress coping. I'm not going to lie. I eat things I shouldn't um, that usually come covered in chocolate. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with a little stress eating as long as Preferably it's a little peanut wrapped oh. in a little <laughs> you, you underestimate me um, <laughs> never, but, never. no I think that um yeah stuff covered in chocolate is definitely my primary coping mechanism and probably I would guess doctors and other people might agree is not the healthiest way to go about it <laughs> So your version of meditation is my version of exercise because my (laughs) brain cannot be quieted long enough to meditate. Although I have been lately, I've been doing yoga lately, which is new for me and has been pretty calming. So I'm slowly getting closer to trying meditation. Have you done guided? I haven't done it yet. But I'm debating. That it. is what I strongly recommend because, yeah. and I'm even going to throw out a book plug for this. A friend of mine, Rebecca Baruki, wrote a book called "You Have Four Minutes to Change Your Life," and they are guided four-minute meditations. Mm-hmm. That's what I do every single day because it's four minutes. She's right; you do have four minutes. So, okay. 
All right. I'll, I'll send you the link. Thank you. <laughs> I will check it out. My other form, your version of eating is my version of retreating into a ball and not talking to anybody. So when mm. I like retreat from online, from when I'm at work, I suddenly go very, very quiet. Nobody hears from me. That's when I'm stressed. Yeah. I can't lie. I like the hiding from people too, but I think that my family might argue that I try to do that like every day and I just run upstairs with a book. Like once the little guy is asleep, I'm usually upstairs reading and I think some might argue hiding. I just call it introverting. (laughs) That's the problem with living in an apartment. There's nowhere (laughs) to go. You can't hide. And my kids don't care. I was laying on the couch the other day. I actually posted this on Instagram. I was I was on the couch. I, I'm not even lying. It was 10 seconds. I took my glasses off. I just closed my eyes. They were playing so beautifully. One had magnetiles. Somebody else had Legos. There may have even been a book. The second I took my glasses off, this is no exaggeration. They were both laying on top of me. <laughs> I was like, guys, come on. Just a minute. They don't care. So yeah, hiding is harder for me. But because I'm alone during the day, that's that's when it typically happens. I hide. I understand completely. I maybe have sent you pictures from the inside of my pantry before where I say I am just taking a minute or two to take some deep breaths. I I do know those pictures well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I always think, uh oh, we need to send her some we need to send some help. She needs support. Or something covered in chocolate. She needs support, <laughs> mental support. So we've got this. Yeah, you know if I'm wearing the sweatshirt with the hood, it's never good. We get on Skype mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, she's hiding. <laughs> so we want to hear in the HQ, how do you cope with stress? We're going to hear now from, I call her Shuli, because we've known Shuli. We've known Shuli a long time now. She's yeah. awesome. We're going to hear from Shuli. She's going to give us some good framework. But before we do that, I want to tell everyone a little bit about her. Shula Mead is the founder and director of a holistic stress and trauma clinic, Compassionate Support for Stressful Times. In her 17 plus years as a professional in the mental health and personal growth field, Shula Mead has logged thousands of hours helping hundreds of women recover from the effects of stress and trauma in a variety of public and private settings, individually and in groups. Throughout her career, she has facilitated classes and led trainings locally, internationally, and online. Shula Mead is a registered social worker and yoga teacher. Her other credentials include a master's in counseling and spirituality and certification as a trainer in both nonviolent communication and focusing and she's incredibly soothing which I just added (laughs) (laughs) it's true I have also met her and I agree with that a hundred percent so let's jump into our interview with Shuli after a quick break from our sponsor This episode is brought to you by Hashtag Legal. Hashtag Legal is a full-service law firm specializing in influencer marketing, social media, and service professionals. We offer a wide range of services, contract review and drafting, trademark and copyright registration and monitoring, FTC advice and disclosures, and full site reviews, including drafting site terms and conditions and privacy policies. Check us out at www.hashtag-legal.com. 
excited to be here today with Shulamit Berlatov, who I have known now for, oh my goodness, I think we've known each other over a year, haven't we, Shuli? Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. so excited. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for uh, accepting to have me. Oh gosh. It was a no-brainer. You are you are amazing at what you do, and we are very excited to be talking today all about managing stress. But before we get into that, can you tell me a little bit about your background and why you feel passionate about this topic? Well, why I feel passionate is because I see what it does to my clients. I started private practice just working generally, you know, practice as a social worker with clients just working as a generalist. But I saw how there was such a thread of um, stress that runs through the culture and ran through as a theme through the troubles that almost every last client came to me was experiencing. And it seemed to be the most relevant area of intervention where I could make the most difference in people's lives. But also personally, I've experienced a lot of big T trauma situations in my life, incidents that people would consider traumatic, as well as small T trauma, which is ongoing stressful situations, how I was affected by that and how I was able to transform the effects of stress and trauma for myself made me want to empower others so that they could feel good, but also respond effectively when the crap hits the fan, because that's life. The crap is always going to hit the fan. That's so true. (laughs) That's really inspiring. Yes. Yes. I, I appreciate you sharing so much, something about yourself as well. Let's get a framework in place. Can you tell our listeners how you define stress? Stress is when there is a demand on a system that exceeds the capacity of the system to respond. So in terms of a human being, we're not only talking about your physiology, we're including also your mental capacity, your emotional capacity, but also the resources around you. We're not islands. Each human is interconnected in a web, in a system, in their life that has what we would typically think of as the environment, but also their social supports and their work. And so when you can't get what you need from this whole system to help you respond, then that's stressful. I like that framework. I love frameworks. (laughs) They help to sort of give context. So what are some of the effects of stress on the body and the mind? I would actually turn that around, Jamie, and ask you, how do you know that you or other people in your life, sometimes it's easier to see it with friends and family. How do you know that you're stressed or that other people around you are stressed? What do you observe? This is the the social worker in you, isn't it, Shuli? But I'll answer. So typically my stress reactions are my temper gets short. Um, I lose patience. Yes, Yes, I lose patience. Uh, Sometimes my heart will even race if I'm feeling Mm -hmm. nervous or overwhelmed. For me, stress and overwhelm tend to go hand in hand. I'll yeah. sort of so have like, to... Rip- so like you have a, we would say you have a brain fart, like the overwhelm because <laughs> you can't think straight kind of thing? Yes, that yeah. is a great descriptor. Yeah. What are some well, other... This is very, these are very powerful examples of how stress affects every system in the body. Like you've named three things that really illustrate very well. Losing patience, that's your sense of like equanimity. That's kind of on the emotional side of things. The heart racing, that's on the physical side of things. And then the can't think straight, that's the brain. And so we can see how stress affects like every system in the body. And and those are just three of the systems. But if you think of metaphorically, if we think of ourselves like bunnies and we think of stress like a bear and the bunny sees the bear, what does the bunny do? Run. (laughs) 
before it runs, it gets ready to run, right? Ah, yes. It mobilizes its system to respond to the demand, to the threat, in other words, right? So it gets its heart races because it needs to have the blood pumping more efficiently to the body so that its muscles can respond and run, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't have to think about anything except the only thing in its mind, which is a very narrow focus of getting out of there. It doesn't have to have any kind of emotional response to things. It doesn't have to have patience because it needs to respond immediately. And we can also see, so if you think of it like a bunny that sees a bear, the bunny gets ready to respond to the threat. Its entire physiology mobilizes to help it respond, to help it get away, right? The heart races so that blood can be delivered to the muscles and it can run. Its breath gets short and quick because it needs oxygen again to the muscles to empower them. All the functions that are concerned with long-term survival go to the wayside. For example, digestion, which is about having nutrition for tomorrow. Who needs that? It's just got to run. So it's going to, you know, we're entering the TMI zone here. It's going to be maybe constipated. It's going to have diarrhea. It might be nauseous or have heartburn, right? Mm. Because it doesn't need what's there. It shuts down. I never um, thought about also, it that way. Is a, well, yeah. And it's, it's a powerful metaphor, right? Yeah. So this is how people can recognize if they think, okay, what does a bunny do to run from the bear? And then think, okay, well, what's happening in me that's kind of like that? Then you can, that can be kind of your signal. Oh, my brain is thinking there's a bear somewhere. I love that. That's so powerful. I really, I'm, I'm going to use that because I, I feel like you're right. Half the time that you are under stress, it takes somebody else saying to you, um, are you okay? <laughs> For right? me anyway, before I realize that I, I am stressed, I can, you know, it's hard when you're in the thick of things to be able to step back. But that bunny metaphor is really powerful. Yes. And one of the things that makes it so hard to step back is that sense of over being overwhelmed that you mentioned before, because the, the, the higher functions of the brain, it's called the frontal cortex. That's where our human capacity for rational, logical thinking, problem solving, all that stuff, communication from the cortex back to the rest of the brain is not very efficient at the best of times. And when you're under stress, we literally flip our lids. Which means that communication from the front back goes offline and all the good stuff you know about how to handle stress, like for example, have you ever sort of been up on the ceiling looking down at yourself doing all the wrong stuff when you're under stress? And yes. you up there is going, I you're saying to yourself, I shouldn't be doing this, but you do it anyway. Yes. That's because you've flipped your lid. Oh wow. This is awesome. And so you can't see what's happening. <laughs> yeah. It's until later when you say, why did I do that? Yeah. Yeah. So what's a good framework to help identify? And then once you've identified it, manage that stress. So if you think of, if you can think of the metaphor of the bear and the bunny and think about what a bunny does or a deer, any kind of prey animal, what a bunny is likely to do when faced with a threat. And then you kind of check yourself to see if there's any of those kinds of things going on in your body, if you can't think straight, if you're experiencing physiological symptoms, if you're finding that you're snappy, if your sleep is off, if your eating is off, any kind of change, drastic change in your usual way of doing things, those are all clues that something is, these are all like messages. It's like your check engine light on the car to use another metaphor, right? These are, it's like, open the hood and take a peek inside, girl. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, I love it. Here's the dilemma, though. As I've just said, if you flipped your lid, it's really hard to remember what you're supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. There are three things you can do, but the trick to remembering these three things is to make them part of what you do every day before you flip your lid, because then they will be in your body and your body will remember instead of the cortex that has gone offline. That's where, you know, it's not accessible, but if it becomes a habit, then at some point it's going to occur to you, oh, you know, I could do this or that. So there are three principles that you can apply to help manage your stress, soothe, discharge, and nourish. So soothing, you can imagine, right? What's your most favorite soothing thing? The thing in your life that makes you go, ah. I have a blanket. (laughs) It's this like soft blanket. Yeah, it feels so (laughs) yummy, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that like that yummy, melty kind of feeling. And, you know, people will think, people automatically think hot bath. But if you're Mm -hmm. not a hot bath person, it's not going to be soothing for you, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So what is it in your life that makes you have that kind of soothed feeling? Make that part of your regular daily practice of stress reduction so that then if it's a habit, like I have a cup of tea every day, you know, and I put my hands around the cup of tea. If this is what you do, you put your hands around the cup of tea, you feel the warmth of the cup of tea and you breathe the the smell of the let's say it's lemon ginger, mm, and it just makes you feel good, right? And it's something you do every day as, as part of managing your stress. At some point when you flipped your lid, you might like get that sense of like, I miss my tea. I need my tea. I'm going to have a tea. It isn't a problem-solving thing like, what should I do? It's more like your body just leads you to the tea. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And it's simple. It's as simple as a cup of tea, Very which feels simple. manageable, yeah. which is nice. Yes, because, and here's the other thing. Uh, stress is a constant assault. There's the email, there's the phone call, there's the deadline, there's the notification from, you know, and every little thing that comes makes you jump every time. It's a jolt. And so part of the game of stress resilience is like people say, and I'm sure, you know, folks are listening to this going cup of tea, schmup of tea, like, come on, right? (laughs) But the thing is, if you do it regularly, these small things at a regular basis throughout your day, then they counteract the regular assault of stressors, right? And so you end up in a kind of balance instead of being over the top. So soothe is one of the three principles. Nourish is the second. And nourish has to do with offering yourself things that just like you would, if you think of whole food or the whole 30, that kind of thing where it's food that's sourced locally, it's grown organically, it's grown by somebody you know, it didn't take a lot of gas to get it to you. You cook it slowly and with love. It's really nourishing that kind of food, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like on a really holistic level. So imagine what are things that you could do for yourself experientially that would nourish your whole self. So for some people, singing does it. For other people, sports do it. For other people, play, fun, art, cooking, making love, all those kinds of things, going to a worship service. Those are kinds of things that really nourish a person from the inside out. I love that. So is there something like that that you're already doing? I think it's exercise for me. So you're in that kind of zone. Yeah, that's just me time. And when you're finished, you go, yes. And you can't wait for it, right? Every day. Every people ask me all the time, how do you go to the gym every day? And my answer is, how would I not go to the gym every day? Because you love it, right? Yeah, it's it's really mental for me. It's uh, a big stress reliever. But yeah, every day. Yeah. 
And that's the, that's the key to all these three principles. The, the idea is not to add one more chore to your to-do list because that is just going to be another stressor. And so for folks who don't like exercise, exercise is not going to be their thing. But because you love it and can't wait to do it, that is nourishing for you. Yeah, for sure. I, li- I like the idea of it being something that's already in your day. Both things that you've said are things you're already doing. It's more being aware of the things that you're doing and being aware of them yes. and, and doing them every day, making time and space for them. Yes. Yes. So if you had a latte every morning, then have the latte for heaven's sake. Don't answer your email and drive the car. <laughs> just have the freaking latte. <laughs> because if you just put all your senses and all your awareness on it, then it is a stress release. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, because it's your moment in time. So you were about to talk about the third step. Yes, which is discharge. And that has to do with moving the body and moving emotions. So to come back to the metaphor of the bunny, like we're not bunnies and there is no bear, right? Stress <laughs> is mostly a mental game, am I right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So what does the poor bunny do? It's like all wound up, but it has nothing. It has nowhere to go. There's no bear to run from. It can't run. We're not bunnies. So that kind of charge builds up in the body and creates kind of a bad body-mind feedback loop where you're just like, you just keep escalating and escalating. The tension goes up and up and up. So you have to let it out somehow by moving your body in a fun way. Mm. So I don't mean exercise necessarily. For some people, it's walking. For some people, it's dancing. For some people, I come back to the making love thing. For some people, that's what it is. Swimming, different ways of moving your body that's enjoyable for you. So not necessarily exercise. And then moving the emotions is just giving yourself an opportunity to laugh or cry. If you're a person who like doesn't want to go there with the crying, then go there with the laughing. Watch some uh, stand up or a funny or go to a laughter yoga class. I thought that was the most ridiculous thing ever until I actually went to one and and felt the power. What is it? Laughter yoga is no. You go. It's it's a it's a one hour class usually where the facilitator leads you in activities that eventually make you laugh. (laughs) That sounds awesome. For an hour, yeah. What's and better than that? Not, fake laugh. Nothing's better than that. <laughs> and it doesn't even have to be funny. If it's like a fake laugh will eventually, especially in a group, move its way into an actual physical laugh, even when there's nothing funny. And that is a real discharge of emotion, but also physiologically, it's a big discharge as well. Maybe that's why you have such good levels of stress, Jamie, because I love that laugh of yours. <laughs> I do, I do get some comments on the laugh. <laughs> it's such a full, a heartfelt, full body laugh. It's got to really do the trick. Thanks. It does feel good to laugh. It is my, it is my preference yes, it does. over crying for sure. Yes. I like that. Yes. Yeah. I have a girlfriend who didn't want to go there with the tears um, because, you know, sometimes when you think about what's making you upset, it gets overwhelming, right? And who really wants to go that on a, go there on a cognitive level? So what she would do was put on a sad movie. Mm. And so what she was crying about, in quotation marks, was the movie. But mm-hmm. really, it was all the tears that needed to come. But it wasn't overwhelming emotionally because it was about the movie. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah, because sometimes when you, it really is, because sometimes when you do cry, right, cry out of frustration or overwhelm, you're sort of not feeling any better because <laughs> you're like, man, all I'm doing is thinking about all this crappy stuff. <laughs> so yeah, I like that, yeah, exactly. giving yourself the space to cry, but not really focusing on what you need to cry about because maybe it what? makes you yeah, a, exactly. little, a little more level-headed. I like that. Yeah. So there are the three key principles, which is soothe, which are soothe, soothe, discharge, and nourish. As you pointed out, 
with awareness. The activities that you're doing, you can take them from your everyday life. You don't have to add anything to your list. But when you take what you're already doing, do it with awareness and what helps with your stress. That is a wonderful framework. Thank you so much for sharing that awesome. I'm going to use it. I am. I'm starting tomorrow. I'm going to report back to you. (laughs) Oh, good. I know that in your in your work, you work with women a lot. Um, and I know we have a lot of yeah. women listeners. Are there specific stressors you see in women and even women entrepreneurs' lives that might be a little bit unique to them? Well, the phenomenon that I see is women blaming themselves. So I work with busy women and business women. So they have a lot on their plate. They're strong, competent, capable, intelligent women who many of them have been through a lot of crap in their lives. And they've been strong through it all, but then suddenly hit the wall and go. And sometimes the wall can be like, I don't know, a little thing. Like, I don't know, the car breaks down. Mm -hmm. The car's broken down a hundred times before in their lives. But all of a sudden, this one time, the car breaking down just does them in and suddenly they can't cope anymore. And they say to themselves, what the mm, is the matter with me? Mm. I've dealt with divorce. I've dealt with abuse. I've dealt with whatever, you know, the most terrible thing, losing my job, losing my house, whatever. What's the matter with me that I can't handle this? Oh, wow. And what I like to say to these women is that there's nothing wrong with you. If somebody were to cut you with a knife, you would bleed. Am I right? Yeah. If your body didn't bleed when you cut it, you'd be like, um, what's (laughs) going on here? (laughs) Yes. The blood is the body's attempt to repair itself, right? Mm-hmm. And similarly, all these things that happen to a person when they're under stress is really the body's way of trying to communicate with you. It's actually good, even though it sucks, loyal, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The, it really sucks to have these kinds of symptoms, but it's really what your body is supposed to be doing. Your body, mind, and spirit are trying to tell you, hey, something's going on and we're trying to get better here. Help us out. That's really and wonderful. So, yeah. And so it's because defective stress are cumulative and that you've been so strong and capable and competent for so long without an opportunity to rest and recharge on a regular basis. You haven't counterbalanced or had a flow between the demand and the rest or the recharging, you know, that that's what nobody can run on empty forever. Mm. There's nothing the matter with you. Nothing the matter with you. That's awesome advice. I love it. Thank you so much for giving us this fantastic framework that I am absolutely going to adopt. And but before we let you go, we have a couple of rapid fire questions <laughs> that we like to ask Thank all you, of our guests because we have to have some fun conversations at the end about silly, silly things. So yes. would you take a few more minutes and answer our questions? Of course. Awesome. All right. Number one, coffee or tea? Well, I like a little molasses in my milk. So really? I don't drink. I do. No, I'm being sarcastic. Like just fuel, <laughs> thick, thick, thick. I don't drink just plain old coffee. It's got to be a latte with a short shot, with a couple short shots because I like it so strong. But I love it. I love it. That is good. That is a good answer. I'm a coffee girl myself. So anybody mm. that says coffee is my kind of person. <laughs> what is your favorite book, either business or not? Well, on a note connected to the last thing I said about what I wanted women to know, the name of the book is called There's Nothing Wrong With You. And the author's name is Sherry Huber. Oh, great. I'm going to check that out. Life-changing book. Yeah, it's just absolutely life-changing. 
What was the first thing you did to celebrate success in your business? I threw myself a party. I had a powerful and inspiring women party, and I invited 40 of the most powerful and inspiring women in my life to come and have, you know, celebrate with me. That That's the best answer we've ever gotten. Really? Like, that's amazing. It was the, I, it was the most fun thing to do. I love that. Oh, it, it, that's legitimately my favorite answer. <laughs> that's awesome. I love, <laughs> I love that. Do you have a word for the year? Yes, it's shine. Oh, that's a good one. Are you Apple or PC? Both. Whoa, that's our first both. I know. I have a love-hate relationship with both my PC and my Mac and my (laughs) iPhone and my iPad and my airport and my, uh, you know, my PC-based hard drive. I just um, love and hate them all. (laughs) That's awesome. Now tell everyone where they can find you. Well, I have um, I have a, a free offer for folks on my website. My website is shula.ca, S like Sam, H-U-L-A dot C-A for Canada, slash free. Um, and that would be where I would love people to go first. There's a video, a handout, and a free ebook. The video is some movement practice that will help with your stress. The handout is when you can't watch the video, you can just use the handout. And the ebook teaches you how to apply what you learn in the video into everyday life. But I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter a little bit. Facebook is really my place. Well, we're going to drop all those links in the show notes for everyone because I have a feeling people are yeah. going to want to check that out. Thank you so much for appearing. This was a fantastic interview. I loved getting the chance to chat with you. Well, I hope your inner bunny continues to thrive, Jamie. <laughs> Thank you. Me too. And you know who I'll be calling if it's not thriving. <laughs> the the door is open, girl. Pick up um, the phone for sure. And right back at you. Right back at you for sure. Thank you again. Jamie, I really like Shuli and I loved her framework and I can't wait to put it into practice instead of just looking for more dark chocolate peanut butter cups. The the framework was so good. It was three easy steps. I feel like I can do that and I'm committed to it. I'm also committed. I'm going to I'm going to try the guided meditation. I think that will be helpful, but I really like the idea of putting it into practice every single day. So, I think we've got this. So, remember, we want to hear from you in the HQ. What is the way that you tend to handle stress? I don't know, but I think this is one of those times that it might be a great opportunity for somebody to show us a GIF in the comments. And I know that there is a contingent who is quite concerned with the way I pronounce it. And that's still what I'm going with. I like how you stick with it. Mm -hmm. To find us at the Business Siege HQ, you can go to businessease.com slash HQ. Let me do that again, because that sounded terrible. That seemed hard to get out. It was really hard. (laughs) (laughs) To find us in the HQ, you can go to businesses.com slash HQ. And for show notes, you can go to businesses.com slash episode 29. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Businesses Influencer Marketing Podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already. If you like the podcast, we'd love if you give us a review in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your reviews help new listeners find us. If you have any questions, you can email us at questions at businessease.com. We'd really love to hang out with you in our Facebook group, The Businesses HQ. To join, visit businessease.com slash HQ. 
We want to give a big thank you to our producer, Don Jackson of the Raven Media Group, for making us sound so very good. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.